That's that. Yeah. See? Justin Kosick and I, a couple of millennials on the scene, we're yeah. totally on the same wavelength here. You guys skateboard to work every day we in your skinny jeans and yeah. your man buns. Yeah. We shred. That's right. Shred. Oh yeah, that's what it's called, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, I know that. If you knew the if you if you were part of the the crew along with me and Justin and Squee and Hansy Hank, then you know what the lingo is. Uh, amid the revelations uh, in the last 72 hours with respect to the Kavanaugh saga, Kellyanne Conway on with Jake Tapper, State of the Union program on CNN, uh, and uh, she, along with uh, the president she serves, they're not backing down an inch when it comes to Kavanaugh. I feel very empathetic, frankly, for victims of sexual assault and sexual harassment and rape. That... <clears throat> I'm a victim of sexual assault. I don't expect Judge Kavanaugh or Jake Tapper or Jeff Flake or, or anybody to be held responsible for that. You have to be responsible for your own conduct. I, this is not Bill Cosby. Those, those comparisons on your network are a disgrace and the anchor should have called them out. This is not even Bill Clinton. You have, you have Senate Judiciary Committee members who refused to remove Bill Clinton from office after he received oral sex in the Oval Office Oof. and mm -hmm. lied Eesh. about it to a grand jury as President of the United States. The hypocrisy is ridiculous. And clearly Jake Tepper was taken back by what she just, you know, the revelation that she made. As a survivor of this, and again, I'm deeply, personally, very sorry about whatever pain you've gone Thank through. Thank you. But, but does that not make you think, <clears throat> when, you, when you hear somebody like Professor Ford or, or other people make allegations, does that not make you think, these women need to be heard, and even if there are not corroborating witnesses, that is not absence of, of evidence is not evidence of absence. Jake, they should all be heard, and they should be heard in courts of law. They should be heard in depositions. They should be heard in proceedings. Those who, who can prosecute, those who have civil and or criminal uh, causes of action should pursue that. But we do treat people differently who are either the victims or the perpetrators of this based on their politics now and based on their gender. That is a huge mistake. America, it's a huge mistake. Don't make the mistake. You want to have the same kind of conversation with your daughter that you have with your son. And I don't mean to get so personal to Jen and you, but I want everybody to ask me, what do you think of your daughters? How do you talk to your daughters? How do I talk to my almost 14-year-old son? This is Judge Kavanaugh you, now. How, how Excuse me, but this is Judge Kavanaugh now. It could be anybody by next week. Respectfully, it could be any man in any position. Yeah, and specifically men in position of power. An accusation could be leveled. At your toast. There's no more due process. Yeah, and um, Andy McCarthy over at National Review suggests that uh, Jeff Flake and his uh, his uh, pal Chris Coons gave the Democrats exactly what they wanted. In the White House, I guess, by extension, for conceding the point. It doesn't matter what uh, sheep's cloth, clothing the wolf comes in. The wolf is always delay, writes McCarthy. When they say we're protecting survivors, they mean we want delay. When they posture that women must be believed, their aim is more delay. When they say the FBI must investigate to remove any cloud over the nominee, the translation is give us a delay so we can come up with new reasons for delay. This is all delay, delay, delay pushing it closer and closer to the midterms, potentially upending the president's ability to get uh, a conservative jurist nominated if the balance of power were to change and the delay would be extended long enough. For more on this topic and whether or not he agrees with his National Review colleague, we're pleased to be joined 
by John Fun, columnist for National Review. Uh, John, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Does uh, Andy McCarthy have it sussed out properly? Look, um, this is obviously a wrenching time for almost everyone, those who have suffered sexual assault and those who have been accused of it. But we've got to remember the facts matter. And I urge every one of your listeners to read the five-page memo that Rachel Mitchell, who was the special counsel for the committee, uh, wrote yesterday about Dr. Ford's testimony. If you want to find it, you can just go to my Twitter feed at John Fund and scroll down just a little bit and you'll find it. Read it and ask yourself, not whether or not you believe Dr. Ford, but whether or not this is enough to sink Brett Kavanaugh. And the, the, the memo is devastating in terms of the inconsistencies, the lapses, the holes in the story. It's not, it doesn't say Dr. Ford didn't tell the truth. It just says, wow, there's a lot here that I could never go forward with this case in court because it really is just he said, she said, period. Well, what do, there's some questions that I thought Rachel Mitchell should have asked that she didn't. Um, what was your take on her job performance? Well, she was circumscribed by the refusal of certain people on the committee to go get break outside of the five-minute rule, which is you have to go five minutes and then the other side gets five minutes, etc. She she took all of the information available, whether or not she was able to draw it out of the hearing. She took it from Dr. Ford's statements, from other things. And the memo, the memo is worth reading because you cannot read that memo and say, wow, we have a clear picture of what happened. Right, but she is also, I mean, a Republican, and the Democrats are going to point that out when reading that well, of memo. Course they, well, of course they will. And so every everyone who everyone who said on the committee that they believe Dr. Ford was a de- automatically was a Democrat. Of course, you have to look at the origins of the statement, but facts are facts. And she has 25 years of experience prosecuting sex criminals, and her analysis is not a political analysis; it's a legal analysis. So of course, you pay attention to who wrote something, but you should also pay attention to what they wrote and the facts they present. And so, uh, given her review, as you suggest, and the quality of the case per her assessment, per Mitchell's assessment of what Ms. Ford presented, then uh, are Republicans right to concede to the left and extend this for up to another week? I, I think the delay, the delay, the delay, of course, is all political, but if it helps certain people have more confidence in the outcome and that there wasn't a rush to judgment. Uh, Extending the FBI investigation for a few days is not the end of the world by and of itself. However, we're already hearing that that's not enough. Of course, of course. But but here's the other thing. The left is just about ready. As soon as the FBI finishes its work, they have two new demands. One is that the FBI agents be forced to testify about their work in open hearings. That has never happened before. FBI agents don't answer questions about the work that they do. Two, um, that the FBI director, Christopher Wray, is already compromised because guess what? He went to Yale and Yale Law School with Brett Kavanaugh, and they both were members of the Federalist Society there. So there's an obvious conflict of interest, and we can't believe anything the FBI says. This is a trap. This is a catch-22. The people who want the FBI investigation, on one level, of course, it's a perfectly reasonable 
expectation. On the other level, they're already undermining the FBI and saying we're not going to believe anything you come up with. Right. We don't like it. And so when do Republicans say, understand something? The, the left is not interested in the truth whatsoever. There is always going to be a demand after the fact, even after agreement, like there is, as you're predicting, when the FBI concludes its uh, latest round of investigation. Nothing is ever going to be good enough. And so when do Republicans just say, look, we're calling the question, vote your shares, and we're going to be done with it. And if that means Jeff Flake and Susan Collins and Murkowski want to tube Kavanaugh's nomination and really— ratchet up our politics, then go ahead and do it and put them uh, in the crucible for change rather than Kavanaugh in the crucible. Well, that's easier said than done, given that we have a midterm election just over a month away. Yeah. Uh, defeat for Brett Kavanaugh under any circumstances depresses the, re- the Republican voter turnout dramatically. And I mean, the whole po- look, if you look at the political motives of the people who are behind the scenes in this, it's not just about sinking Brett Kavanaugh. It's about making the entire midterm election. Yes. People are already voting in many states. It's about making the entire midterm election about only one issue. Do you believe Dr. Ford, or are you a blue meanie who supports sexual her- her- assault assault assailants? Right, and and so if you can push this off until November seventh, what's that going to do to turnout? It means it means the entire election is not about foreign policy, the economy, or anything else. It's about Brett Kavanaugh and whether or not he was a sexual assailant. Well, what about his judicial temperament? I mean, they're saying the integrity of the bench. Is that a concern for Chief Justice Roberts? Oh, my gosh. You well, know, I know, I never noticed people saying that Ruth Bader Ginsburg lacked judicial temperament when she attacked President Trump, saying he was unfit to be president, and saying, I wish I would, could remove to New Zealand except I'm on the Supreme Court. That was an outrageous injection of politics, and, and bad temperament into the political process. Um, I don't remember anyone saying that Judge Ginsburg lacked judicial temperament because she blatantly made a political statement about who should, would, should win the 2016 election from the Supreme Court bench. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, good I, point. I, you know, I, but, but I, I got to go back again. So if, if, if the left's point is to make the entire midterm election about this issue, then doesn't that demand that Mitch McConnell and everybody else uh, push this to culmination post-haste? Well, an agreement was reached that the FBI is going to talk to people this week, and that agreement should be honored, and then you should vote. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, that's uh, that's where we're at, I suppose. Um, How do you think that uh, the uh, Republicans, the leadership, the president, have afforded themselves in response to the left's transparent tactics, at least you're, if you're a, a close observer of how the Beltway politics works? Well, President Trump has exercised remarkable and unusual restraint. Uh, I wish that he would have kept silent even more uh, because he simply polarizes the entire issue. Um, I thought that the Republicans had were stuck in a hard place. I mean, when you have 11, 11 Republican members, all male, you know, they couldn't possibly have that scene play out on national television, so they had to hire someone like Rachel Mitchell. Uh, it was an awkward hearing, but at least it gave the, the victim someone to talk to and a national platform to talk to. And then, of course, the other the other accusers. Uh, I have to tell you, you know, I don't want to draw conclusions. 
but uh, their cases are far, far weaker than Dr. Ford's, and yeah. I think there's a reason why they weren't that eager to have a national testimony play out when they were telling their story. He is John Fawn, columnist for National Review. A most recent piece, Kavanaugh debate is exactly why our founders thought early voting was a bad idea. Check it out at uh, nationalreview.com. John, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Thank you. And he joined us on our turnkey.